0: When Bernadette was in grade seven, she wanted to go to a Backstreet Boys concert with her friends, but her parents wouldn't let her, so she retaliated in her diary.
1: I made a silent vow to myself today that I shall never, ever love my parents again. I don't necessarily have to hate them or dislike them, but from this day on, I have stopped loving my parents. I may laugh and have a good time with them, but that does not mean I have to love them. I hope to keep this vow until I die.
0: That's Bernadette showing just how disappointed she was to miss the Backstreet Boys concert. I'm Dan Meisner, and this... This is Grown Ups things They Wrote As Kids. Hello, Vancouver. How are you doing? This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in Vancouver, we have a sarcastic take on school spirit, a patriotic letter to a US Marine, and an opinionated essay about the responsibilities of babysitting. This stuff is weird and it is wonderful, and some of it, like Bernadette's silent vow to herself, some of it is dead serious. By the way, Bernadette did eventually get to see the Backstreet Boys on their reunion tour a couple of years ago, and today she is no longer afraid to admit that she loves her parents, proving that our thinking can evolve between 7th grade and adulthood. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. A big part of growing up is dealing with new responsibilities, and one very clear rite of passage is the moment you are deemed responsible enough to babysit younger kids. When Wendy was 14, she wrote an essay for school all about babysitting, and as you'll hear, Wendy had some pretty strong opinions on the subject.
1: The title was, Have You Ever Seen a Dead Baby? (laughs) Have you ever seen a dead baby and had to tell the parents that their son or daughter is no longer there? (laughs) Had the experience of knowing a baby has died under your care? (laughs) The possibilities, you say, are very slim, but if you are inexperienced, the possibility is even greater. (laughs) Babysitting is not to be taken lightly. It is a job where a youngster's life is in your hands. Parents of the baby must consider very carefully the capabilities of a babysitter. Has she a liking for children? (laughs) Has she any experience? And most important, her age. As a parent, would you consider letting a girl of 12 who is not as responsible as an older person look after your baby? I think not. (laughs) I have not had time to mention many other problems which a girl under 14 would not be qualified. In conclusion, problems may arise which a girl under 14 should not be expected to face. Thank you.
0: I don't know how many of you are parents employing babysitters right now, but maybe just go duck out and make a phone call. (laughs)
4: Our
0: next reader, Omar, brought along a short essay he wrote in grade eight, which was his last year of middle school. Because the class was about to graduate, everybody was asked to write about their memories of middle school. Now, Omar resented being told what to write, and he resented being forced to create what he felt was school propaganda. So, as you'll hear, his assignment was more than a little sarcastic.
5: My memories at Banting. I can think back to grade 6 when we first arrived and things like Banting pride and the Violette cheer, Violette, say chouette, were beat into our heads. I remember in grade seven, when they turned on the heaters in the summer when it was 30 degrees outside, but left them off in the winter when it was snowing because we can't afford to have them on all the time. <laughs> also in grade seven, we learned about Banting Pride and the Violette cheer. Violette, c'est chouette. Finally, in grade eight, Monsieur Terrasse taught us the importance of using pencil. Madame Thompson taught us the importance of using pen. And in between, we learned to be proud about Banting pride and the Violet cheer. Violet, say chouette. So as you can see, I can remember the past three years really well. But what will I remember about Banting in the future? In this essay, we will find out. I'm 18 years old, and I'm in grade 12. I remember in Banting we only had three hours of homework a day. Boy, were we lucky. Now I get nine hours on a good day. Plus, we have exams every other day. I even used to have time to write one-page essays about my memories at Banting. Now, in my spare time, I like to eat, drink, and maybe even sleep. I'm 40 years old, and I remember when gas prices were still calculated in cents per liter. Global warming is getting to be a real problem. Yesterday was March 21st, the first day of spring, and it was 40 degrees outside. I bet they had the heaters on full blast at Bantam. Thank you.
0: on stage right now, Willow is going to read a couple of things, including a story written in grade two, and this is an exclusive, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to hear the one and only copy that was ever written of the Galley Bay Blab, a one-page newspaper written by Willow when she was living in the abandoned hippie community of Galley Bay in the year 1982 when she was in grade five. Please welcome to our stage, Willow.
4: (laughs) All right, so this a story is called Meow, but it's written moyu because I didn't know how to write the word meow. <laughs> moyu. <laughs> there was once an old ancient swamp. It had a thick layer of mold covering the top of it. The only living or not living creature in it were the rotting corpses at the bottom of the swamp. There once was a woman, and she married her husbands for their money. She then told them to go rowing in the swamp. She then got out her gun and shot holes in their boat and in her husband's. She killed 15 of them. They are all still at the bottom of that swamp. Anyway, that was 100 years ago. A hundred years later, a frog named Loudmouth Frog, or, or Miu-Yu, for short, was kicked out of his old house. He went to look for a new one. He suddenly came upon a swamp, which is the one I was just explaining about. My, he said, what a nice swamp! It's a palace for a frog. So he got out his vacuum cleaner and started to vacuum up all the mold. As he was doing this, he slowly uncovered the bodies. An idea came into his head, and he hopped out of the swamp and started to dig a hole. Then, one by one, he dragged the corpses out. He threw them in the hole, and he covered it up. He was all alone, just like he'd always wanted to be. He'd heard a faint croaking sound, but he was too tired to find out what it was. But that night, he awoke. Happy anniversary, he heard coming from everywhere. You are the oldest and fittest frog in the world. You are the king of all the frogs in the world. And he still is from that day on. The end. Thank you. Now this is the one and only copy of the Galley Bay Blab, which I wrote because I was homeschooled, (laughs) as you may or may not be able to tell. Uh, I was uh, a correspondence in grade five because my family lived in an abandoned hippie commune and we couldn't go to school and this was my grade five assignment was to write a newspaper but I didn't actually really know what was in a newspaper so I kind of gave my big my best guess so just two quick excerpts one is a recipe for sauteed mice (laughs) three cups minced and tenderized mice One teaspoon vinegar, one teaspoon soya sauce, half a teaspoon sugar, three large eggs, one onion. Mix vinegar, soya sauce, and sugar together in a bowl. Place minced mice in the bowl and stir the mixture slowly for five minutes. (laughs) Then strain the mice from the liquid and put it in a frying pan and cook until medium rare. (laughs) Add the eggs and scramble until cooked. And um, also, um, because we lived in Galley Bay where you were fishing a lot, I have a little update called The Newest on Fish. (laughs) If you're thinking of what kind of fish are in Galley Bay, it's Red Snapper. And there are tons. And it says, the lure of the month is the deadly dick. And there's a drawing of a deadly dick. (laughs) And then the last is an obituary, because I felt newspapers needed to have an obituary. The members of the Gaudu family are in mourning for Silver Gaudu, the eldest cat of the family. We would all like to wish him a happy reincarnation. Thank you.
0: I don't want to say it's easy to spot the homeschoolers, (laughs) but it's kind of easy to spot the homeschoolers. Nicely done, Willow. When Ted was 15, he had a pen pal named Marlena. Ted lived in Vancouver. Marlena lived in Edmonton. And the two of them wrote letters back and forth for years. At our Vancouver show, Ted brought one of those letters, written in the year 1996.
6: Marlena. Hey, what's up? So far, I've been in school for a week, and I have already my own personal fan club. (laughs) Apparently, there's a rather large group of girls, approximately 15, who think that I am one of the really hot guys in the school. Also, apparently, they all want to go out with me, given the chance. Anyway, a couple of weeks after you left, I went to Lollapalooza, which is an alternative rock slash grunge, festival, and every once in a while you suddenly smell the scent of marijuana floating merrily across your (laughs) nostrils. But anyway, back to the music. The bands that played there were Green Day, LT, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, A Tribe Called Quest, The Breeders, George Clinton, Beastie Boys, and Smashing Pumpkins, which I all saw live on stage. I managed to get five feet away from the Beastie Boys, it was so cool. When I get my picture taken at school, I'll send you a copy, okay? Oh yeah, that reminds me. I was thinking about you, and I really miss seeing you, so I thought I might try to shoplift something from the (laughs) PharmaSave so I could see your picture in the Mugshots book. She had shoplifted something from (laughs) PharmaSave. Christy and I are trying out for the school play together. You could come and see it if you were here, but you're not, you're in Edmonton. Flirting with all those Edmonton guys. Guilt trip. Also, I'm getting my headshot done soon so I can go to some auditions pretty soon. I'm hoping my acting career will really take off in the next year or two. P.S. I got your letter today. P.P.S. I wrote you a poem. It's enclosed with this letter. Distance. Distance can separate people, but it can never separate a feeling. Sometimes I lie in bed late at night, just staring at the ceiling. Lying there, wishing, hoping that you were there with me. But I lay there, scared, afraid that it will never be. I look up at the stars at night and hope we are together. But until that moment comes to pass, my love floats lonely as a feather. Thank you.
0: So, Ted wrote that letter to his pen pal. Who was Ted's pen pal? Our next reader and his current fiance, Marlena. Ladies and gentlemen, reading a response. Please welcome to our stage, Marlena.
2: Dear Ted. <laughs> I almost keeled over sideways when I smelled your letter. (laughs) I love Escape for Men. I can practically drink the stuff. (laughs) Mmm. About you staying here this summer, well, I'm sure I could pull a few strings. I miss you too, but God, please don't cut your hair. You know what happened to Samson? What if all your muscles fell off? (laughs) And you had to plow corn for an evil, tyrannical bitch for the rest of your life? (laughs) You might as well marry me. (sighs) Saturday, I'm going to Tranquility. That's a trance rave. Sunday, I could just go to this gay bar called The Roost and pretend to be bi (laughs) Gay bars are fun They never ID and they always have good music Last weekend sucked I babysat and I went to West Edmonton Mall That place blows (laughs) It doesn't make me feel awkward that you still love me actually, it makes me feel beautiful and lovable Thank you I love you too. Parentheses, phew, that wasn't so hard, Marlena. Parentheses. Thank you for your poem. Here's one for you. Freak out, baby, freak out. I'm a fountain of anger. You don't have to love me. Drown in my anger. Freak out. How long can I chase you, scared that I love you? Ignore the timing, freak out! (laughs) Emotional danger, does your head get wet up in those iron clouds? Freak out! (laughs) Crave some attention, crave some skin, it's the same thing. No, you don't want this. Freak out, baby, freak out! Thank you.
6: Hey, Dan, it's Ted. Uh, Yeah, looking back, what strikes me most about the letters to Marlena is that there's this like earnest sentiment that kind of like blocks the line between wanting to be as honest as I can and tell her about myself but also like trying to present the best version of myself at the same time.
2: We met each other in 1994 and it's, you know, 2016 now and, and we still know each other. We're, we're still crazy about each other, we still can't stop thinking about each other and now we're getting married and that's, and that's kind of crazy.
6: The fact that we're getting married now is amazing. It's the best of all possible worlds uh, that I could imagine having my life, and I'm very happy.
2: I can't wait. It's going to be great. (laughs) Thank you.
0: In the early 90s, Canada, the U.S., and more than 30 other countries waged war against Iraq. The first part of that war had a code name. It was called Operation Desert Shield. During that campaign, there was a thing, I don't know if you remember this, where if you wanted to, you could just write a letter to a random U.S. soldier. And our next reader, Mike, did exactly that. He wrote at 15 years old a letter addressed to any U.S. Marine. This was written, but not sent, because his parents intercepted it. Please welcome to our stage,
7: Mike. Any U.S. Marine, Operation Desert Shield. Dear United States Marine, Well, from what I hear, you guys are hot, bored, and the food really sucks. I've been following the crisis ever since it began. I have heard about people in the States mailing letters to servicemen they didn't know, so I decided to follow. I hope you will enjoy my letter. I am 15 years old, and I'm in grade 10. I live in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada. So, a Canadian, eh? Well, not for long. I hope to go to the U.S. Naval Academy and be an officer in the Marines, or be an Army Ranger. We live right on the border, so my parents and I go over there all the time. The gas and cigarettes are a lot cheaper there. <laughs> we also vacation in the United States during the summer. This year we went to Washington, D.C. It was a great trip. We visited the Smithsonian, the Capitol, the Vietnam Wall, Arlington National Cemetery, and other buildings. <laughs> I saw the Constitution of America and the Declaration of Independence. We also visited the Naval Academy. We were fortunate enough to be there when they were having a silent sunset service. They had the United States Marine Corps silent drill team performing. I loved it. They, the Marine Corps band, played the American national anthem and I felt more American than Canadian. I hope you can write me back. I would love to hear from you. God bless you. God bless America. I'm with you guys. P.S. Here's some paper to write your family.
0: After the show, Mike told me that now his politics are completely different than they were in the early 90s. And today, he considers himself 100% Canadian. Some kids write diary entries and they address them, dear diary. Others give their diaries names, and they address their entries that way. When Laura was eight, she kept a diary, and she addressed most of her entries.
3: Dear Jesus, (laughs) thank you for reminding me that I'm not nuts. And thank you for giving me such good friends and role models. In your name, amen. Devotions, June 17, 2000, Ephesiastes, chapter 5, verse 1. Dear Jesus, help me to see my family as friends and not just a bunch of corny rule makers. (laughs) Devotion for December, whatever. Dear Jesus, I want to go to the dance so much. Please let me. And finally, devotions, December 2nd, 2000, Proverbs 20, chapter one. Dear Jesus, please help me be wise and not fall into the temptations of alcohol. (laughs)
0: Laura, ladies and gentlemen. A reminder that the bar is open. That is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. Our show was recorded live in Vancouver at the Biltmore Cabaret and produced by Jenna Meisner. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullatone. Olivia Nashmi is our intern. Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids is an independent production supported by listeners like you. If you like this show and you want to help us continue to make it, visit our website, grownupsreadthingstheywroteaskids.com. Then click support the show. Our website is also where you can join our email newsletter where we announce upcoming live events. We are looking ahead to the fall and starting to put together dates for the coming months. If you would like to be the first to know about upcoming live shows, join the newsletter. One more time, you can do that at grownupsreadthingstheywroteaskids.com or even easier, follow the link in the show notes on your device right now. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening.